This is the Wealthy Retailer Podcast with your host, Dan Holman. Every episode, Dan talks with a variety of retail experts, owners, managers, and so much more, sharing their expertise, their experiences, and the retail topics that matter to you, the independent retailer. The Wealthy Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. Learn more at retailbycrs.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Dan Holman. So much appreciate you joining us today. We've invited Julie Lasso back. Um, If you missed her first podcast, go back into those wealthy retailer archives, pull that out, refresh your memory. Julie uh, Julie is a specialist um, in private label, in, in helping retailers create great private label relationships whether that is branding someone else's goods or branding your own goods. And moreover, and and sort of the highlight of today's topic is gonna be all about the circular economy that I said to Julie as we got started, um, it's not super prevalent in my retail world, but it should be because it is out there. And so welcome back to the podcast, Julie. So happy to have you and really looking forward to learning a little more about the circular economy in retail. Dan, thank you so much. Uh, thrilled to be back. Thrilled to be connecting with the audience again. And yes, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think circular retail has ha- has an important role to play, no matter what type of retail organization that you are in. And it's part of what I love about the circular economy is that you can really fit it to the size and scope of your business needs. Which I, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, I, I can't wait uh, to share some some suggestions yeah. with the audience for consideration. So let's just start to talk about. At a high level, what is a circular circular economy? What do we mean when we say circular economy? Well, the circular economy really comes from the idea that it's the opposite of, of the linear economy, where you take new resources, you make products, you transport them, you sell them, you use them, and then at the end of the use, that product goes into a landfill. And so the idea of the circular economy is that you minimize how much you use. So you use almost no new raw material resources as possible. You make the product in a very environmentally friendly way. So you minimize waste and pollution when you're making the product. You transport in a thoughtful way and sell it. And when a consumer is done using that product, they have a home for the item that isn't a landfill. So there's a lot of different ways you can think about what that new home might be. Uh, Certainly recycling, reuse, uh, remanufacture or composting in some cases. Right. And right. that applies to both the, the products and then certainly the packaging that they come in. Mm-hmm. And we are certain, we definitely, I mean, <clears throat> in all aspects of retail, we see more and more products that are carrying and retailers that are carrying an organic mm-hmm. um, theme with them and looking for products that are more sustainable which I think probably feeds into this. So let's talk a little bit about um, more specifics. How does, a, how does a retailer start to think about better supporting their environment with, with this mind of circular versus linear uh, buying and selling of goods? Yeah, I love that question, Dan. And what I would say is you, if you think about your approach as more sustainable, I would say circularity is, is a framework that you can use. And and I'm a consultant, so I'm, I'm going to love a good yeah. framework and, and a good approach because what I really got tired of, just take one step back from answering your question, 
is it's struggling with hearing retailers say that there's only so much they could do. There's only so much that they could influence. And what I think the circular economy does really well is set up a retailer, no matter what size or scope or the, the partners that support retailers with some different approaches and how you can bring your sustainable initiative, your sustainable goals to life. Uh, it's not the only filter. I would say there's certainly sustainable activities that fall outside of the circular economy. So it's not the end all be all, but it's a really good way to deliver on those sustainability goals that are most important for you and your organization. Um, so that would, that would actually be where I'd recommend a, a team to start is take a step back and, and think about what does sustainability mean to you? What does it mean to your consumer base and your team? Uh, if you're in a specific industry, there's, there's certain industry standards that are being established around sustainability. So if you're in the food space, like you said, organic or regenerative agriculture, those are some pretty key sustainable initiatives that you want to be able to deliver on. But that's going to look different in the apparel space where you're thinking right. about certainly the, the type of clothes that you're making and the materials that are being used. But then also uh, in, in apparel, there's been a, the rise of resale. And you know, resale is an older, I would say, it's a business model that goes back for quite some time, but retailers who are selling new goods are now thinking about resale as a new way to help close some of those waste loops. So just think about what, what is important in that sustainability space. And then you may need to do some research and you certainly will need to do some prioritizing. So you can't do everything at once. And this is, I think, the second place where, where people get, get stuck. It's either one, there's only so much we can do, or two, there's there's so much we can do, I don't even know what to do next. But you you really do have to prioritize. And I found in my experience that prioritizing what's most important to your consumer, most important within your industry, and something that's most straightforward to measure are some really good ways to, to start to prioritize. What do you go after first? Okay. But a way to think about how your organization is, is set up. Like if even those, the, those buckets aren't coming clear to you, uh, a resource I really like is called Circulytics, as in circular analytics. It's from the, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. It's a toolkit that was developed a handful of years ago. And the goal was that any organization, no matter your size, your complexity, your industry, could go through this assessment and get some recommendations on opportunities to build more circularity into your business model. So you could be a service provider, you could be a retailer. Mm -hmm. uh, I took it as a, as a consulting service provider and I'm embarrassed to tell you what my first circulatic score was, but it comes back with a score and it shows you on these different me metrics and outcomes what your current circularity is. And it, it breaks down for you. Okay, how do I think about this operations piece? How do I think about this goods and delivery piece? And it's a really great resource to start mapping that out. Wow. And so, okay, you're going to have to forgive me because I am perhaps, uh, you know, the serial entrepreneur. And the first thing I think about, you know, as you talk about it, it is its marketability that mm -hmm. I have this audience that probably wants to hear this. And because as I started this at the top of the, at the top of the hour here at the top of the podcast saying it's not super relevant it's not every, at every corner in in the indie retail world or in specialty retail doesn't that deliver this as an opportunity for me to think okay this is kind of a win-win there's not a lot of retailers that are out there focused on circular economy um so that that creates market opportunity for me 
And customers are hearing more and more about the, the power of sustainability and the importance of sustainability and that we need to be more environmentally conscious. There's probably an opportunity for me to start maximizing my investment in circular economy here. Um, Without... Dan, it's almost like I, I planted this as your, your next point to bring up, because that's the third thing I love about the circular economy is that it is marketable in that way. And right. that it's something you can, you can put a handle on. Mm -hmm. Sustainability is, you can kind of just think of it like this, this big oozy thing that's something we all want to aspire to, but how do you actually get into it? How do you measure it? How do you think about it? How do you talk about it? Yeah. And I would say it's marketing is, is important inside your organization, getting your team excited about it, as well as externally to your customers, the partners you do business with, anyone we'd consider a, a stakeholder in your business. Right. You can start talking about the, the measures you're putting in place, the progress that you're making, your priorities, your investment needs, all within this space of circularity. And it starts to lay it out. You can talk about how circular your business models are. You can talk about the priorities within circularity that you can go after. This is what our, 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 uh, our, our reuse model looks like. This is what right. it's delivering. This is how you're contributing to a circular space. And once we start using some more common language, that's something that you can get people really excited about. Not only the environmental impact, but getting credit for that. Mm. The idea of moving away from this greenwashing where you can say something is 10% more sustainable or right. it's an X percent better than this comparative brand. Like, no, I'm talking about this being circular. This is, this is the amount of waste that we removed from our system by pursuing this approach. And you can be much more specific and, and I think get a lot more credit for the work that you're doing. Right. More measurable. Are you seeing more and more brands focus on circular? I mean, sustainability has long been a part of, of manufacturing. And, you know, I think about some great independent brands like 10 tree, you know, for every t-shirt we sell, we're going to plant 10 trees. And, mm -hmm. you know, we think about the Toms or the bog stories and, you know, there's some great stories out there about how we're giving back, mm -hmm. but never really been about circular and ending the, the linear approach to production. And so as a retailer, someone who is more often buying something for resale than buying or building something for resale, um, are we seeing more and more manufacturers lean on circular economy, leaning on circularity versus this linear approach? Yes, I think you are seeing it by, by brands. And so we're recording this in the spring of 2022. Target recently came out with uh, a Target Zero initiative and it's within their own brands that they are, are building own brands. So both the packaging and products are fully recyclable, compostable, reusable. And they, so they're able to put that stamp around it because they do own the business right. development, the product development. Uh, you're seeing brands like Unilever, for example, they are making strong commitments on the amount of plastic that they're using. They're partnering with the Loop Initiative. So they're selling, uh, they have a, a product subscription model where you buy the packaging for a product that comes filled in and then you send back the item. So if you get uh, Haagen-Dazs ice cream, for example, in their reusable container, you eat the ice cream, you send it back in and you get, you get more ice cream back, which I think is a lovely reason to eat more ice cream, but that's just me. I didn't know about this. This is a great... <laughs> What great incentive. I'll send you the empty container if you're sending it back to me. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and Kroger's uh, is rolling out their test model too. So they're also partnering with Loop and it's coming back to the idea of uh, selling in bulk. 
So something that you usually saw in some areas of the grocery store and certainly co-ops more and more are having offerings of not just food, like your, your dried nuts and whatnot, but you can bring your shampoo containers back in to get refilled your soap containers. And so some of it is business model changing. And so I would say for, uh, for smaller teams that aren't looking to build their own products or don't have the scale to build their own products, then it's looking for the, the branding partners that are coming to market in a different way or selling products in a different way. So if you've got uh, a hair care assortment in your, your store, uh, there's a great uh, local Minneapolis company I'll put a shout out for. They're called High Bar. They don't sell shampoo in plastic containers anymore. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a bar of soap. It's like the right. old fashioned ivory bar of soap, but it's is formulated for hair and shampoo and conditioner. Right. So that if you aren't able to develop your own models, think about who, think about maybe more judiciously or in a different way, who are some of the partners that are committed to developing products in a circular way that you can put on your, your virtual or your physical shelves. Yes, yes, I love that. So let's just, uh, in layman's, here I am. I'm a, I'm a, um, a specialty apparel retailer. I live in the women's space. How do I start this in my store? I've talked to my team. My team's excited by this initiative. My customer obviously wants it. Where do I turn to start this process? For, for most retailers who are selling products, it, it is going to start with that product. It's, it's finding those brand partners, uh, whether they're private or white label, that are investing in more circular mm-hmm. uh, production spaces. So they're designing their products to be fully recyclable. They're designing them to, uh, uh, so that's, that's fabric construction. That's how the government is constructed and and, and really starting there. And And are we seeing apparel that is, that is circular? Am I seeing circular t-shirts? Absolutely. So a a big, a big piece of, of apparel from a design perspective that's being considered now that hadn't been designed, that hadn't been considered, I would say, in as much depth, even just a handful of years ago, it are trims. Are trims easily removable so that the product can be recycled? Is, is it a single source material? So blends are really challenging to recycle, for example. So 100% cotton is going yep. to be easier. So absolutely, there are, are brands. I think apparel is leading the way in this space for designing products that can be fully recycled. Another important piece is labeling. So brands are also designing uh, or are putting their labels to more accurately reflect what can you do with this product at end of life. And uh, from an RFID perspective, I think that's that's more of a, a tech element, mm-hmm. but we're now tagging items so that when the product is uh, recycled, it can be scanned and the recyclability information actually travels with the product. So it's not like you have to keep the tag anymore right. or that tag, the, the ink starts to wear away because you've worn it so much is, is clearly gone. That RFID uh, is still embedded within the product. It stays with the product and it can get scanned. And then the, the recycler, the, the textile recycler can scan it. It's much easier to sort. And then it increases the likelihood that that product is then recycled. So we're embedding the RFID chip in every piece of product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yes. yes. Nice. Okay. Well, and I would say for just to continue with apparel, the other side for uh, groups that are in this space that might not exist everywhere, but is that that resale or reclaim market. Of course. And and this is definitely graduated as well. So you might not want to be the next thread up, for example, but what can you do to help support your customers on the journey of what they do with their product after it, it leaves 
it, it leaves your store. Right. So are you offering a take back program? Uh, there are increasing number of textile recyclers that are available. And if you can aggregate and be a place for your customers to bring something back in that they don't want to throw away, but they don't know what to do with it mm-hmm. and you can bundle it and send it into recycle, that's a really great way to help uh, support the circular economy. Or you could be part of a resale program. You could do a take back program and uh, work with many of the platforms now that can just plug in. If uh, you've got your own website, you can with a pretty minimal startup, get a resale program going if that's appropriate for your types of products and, and your branding solution. Uh, so that's, that's part of what I love about the circular economy is that it's the idea that it's one great big circle of, of waste that you're eliminating or one great circle of reuse that you're building is kind of a misnomer because you're really building circles at every point along the way. So how the product's produced, how it's shipped, how it's sold and how it's used afterwards. And you can like I said earlier, pick and prioritize those circles of waste that are really important to, to you. But those circles can start inside your organization. And depending on your organization and structure, you'll start reaching out and start finding the partners that are able to help bring those really key initiatives to life for you. Wow. I, uh, I'm going to say I'm a little blown away that this is all happening and, and we're not at the forefront here, that this isn't, uh, again, you know, I'm a bit I'm thinking about this and the opportunity that exists to get out and talk about it. We definitely see lots of opportunity in, you know, in that take back uh, um, option with customers and to bring things back into the store. We do see opportunity to resell or swap out goods. Um, but this takes this to the, that next level, which I think is fabulous. Okay. What didn't I ask that I should have asked Julie? What am I missing? Let's go. Let's go back to my notes that I should have made that, <laughs> that get the best answer. I mean, everybody is going to listen to this and think, is it applicable to me or is it not? And I feel like it's applicable to everyone. It's, it's, a, it's absolutely applicable to everyone. And I think my, my Achilles heel when it comes to the circular economy is that yeah. when I started hearing about it, it seemed like this, this great big ethereal concept. And, and as I shared last time when I was on the show, I, I grew yeah. up professionally at, at Target. Right. And I spent a lot of time in the seasonal space. And so that meant I sold a lot of things that were only used for a couple hours, a couple days, and they ended up in the garbage. So think string lights, Easter baskets, Halloween costumes, the works. And while Target has always within its own brand space, it done what it could to make products in a sustainable and responsible way. I knew there was some opportunity there. And yeah. After a while, I really started to call this feeling like a, a sense of green guilt. Like I, I just, I had to think about a way to do more. And when I came across the circular economy, it was just sort of the, the tug at my heart and a little bit of my, my brain is like, I, I think there might be something here. So that's, so I, I would encourage, I would encourage your listeners mm-hmm. who are thinking or feeling that they've just got a little bit of a tug, but there's, there's a different way to think about it. To think about the circular economy, it's, at a high level, it's an approach that, that people can get behind, they can get excited about, but it becomes incredibly practical. And you, you, there is energy and effort that needs to be put into your sustainability goals, but there is an approach that can help you break it down. So that's something that I, I would love for the listeners to take away is that this is not so big that you can't make progress. Right. And in your business model is set up in a way that you can have an impact. It's just a matter of, of, of following that 
that thread just a little bit more and, and mapping out what's going to make the most impact to you and set you up to run a profitable business. This isn't about just spending more. I mean, there will be investments, don't get me wrong, right. but it's what consumers are looking for, they're getting increasingly excited about more transparency in the, the consumption and use of goods. Uh, and as, as the younger generations of gen, uh, going beyond millennials, but even yes. gen Z and some of the alphas are now starting to influence purchasing decisions, uh, it'll become increasingly important. I, yeah, I'll, I'll pause there because I, I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's the piece to, to repeat. I know I get so excited and I probably answer and, and, and put too much into some of these answers without letting you get a oh. chance to, to help pick them apart a bit. But oh, there's, there's just so much opportunity and I, and I think it's there for everyone. And I think every single retailer has to be looking at, you know, not just how does my business become sustainable, how do I build sustainability in it, but sustainability in the products that I'm representing. We are ambassadors for the products that we carry in our stores. And, and by that same token, we're ambassadors for how they're used. And I think that we can start with as, as little as a portion of our annual budget in spending what we're buying inventory to start to convert to a sustainable model. And again, you know, I'm looking at this from an entrepreneurial's perspective. There's great, there's great marketability here. There is room for me to fit into a niche that doesn't exist in this independent specialty world today. And so I applaud you for the work that you're doing. Listeners, if you did not catch Julie's first podcast with us. Uh, early February, we did a podcast on private label, white label goods. Um, Julie is a strong ambassador for bringing those brands to life in your store. And as you can hear on today's podcast, an enormous ambassador for the circular economy um, in retail or at a retail level. If you want to learn more about Julie, um, you can visit, visit jhlsolutions.com. Is there jhl-solutions.com? It is, Dan. Thank you. I so thought much. I remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. So jhl-solutions.com. Um, all of Julie's contact information is there. We will include, um, of course, with this podcast, a little more information on it um, that we will pull from Julie uh, to share with you. Join that weekly newsletter. Uh, that, that's produced by Canadian Retail Solutions, where we're going to share this great podcast and some more information. Make sure you're subscribed over there. Julie, thank you so, so much for joining us again. I can't wait for our next conversation. No, oh, I can't either, Dan. Thanks so much for the invitation and so excited to hear how your audience is able to put this to practice and use. Yeah, we're going to share that. Great job, Julie. Thank you again. Retailers, have a great week and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>